It's the Super 90s Brothers! Welcome to the Super 90s Brothers. Ow! Where we do hazy memory riffs on the most vampire steak and decade ever. I'm your host, Brennan Pointer. Along with me is my co-host, Adam J. Pitzler. And today we're talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The movie. Ow! Not the TV show. Not at all. Nope. Not even close. It's kind of close. Well, it's close. I mean, it's the same... Yeah, this is it's based on the same IP. So, yep. Um, well, here we are talking about this movie. Um, how have you been though? In November. In November, yeah. Well, this is supposed to be a Halloween episode, um, but you know, this makes you know, there's vampires also in November. I feel like November. Vampires, vampires kill in November too. Yeah, like, yeah, they they do not every month they kill. So yeah. And, November seems like a very like vampireish month, you know, like it's very cold, it's you know, dark. we, we have daylight savings time. So it gets darker much earlier in the day. Uh, yeah, it's like we're all living 30 days of night for like a month or so. It's, oh, it's awful. Um, but how are you doing, buddy? I'm okay. I'm ready to do another good show with you. It's been a while. It's, it's, it has been a while. I, I feel like it hasn't been cause I released my, my girl a couple, like a week ago, but, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a while, and uh, we're we're back, and we're here. We are doing it. I'm I'm excited. So, yeah, and if you guys are excited, you can reach out to the show by emailing us at super nineties brothers at gmail dot com. Twitter's at super nineties brothers. Brennan is at spocast pods with a K. Adam Check us out. Email us. Let us know what ninety shit you like. What ninety stuff you want to hear about, or just uh, interact with today's episode. Tell us stuff we you like, stuff we got wrong, stuff we missed. We want to interact, so reach out. Seriously, though. Yeah, please do. Yeah, we 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 love hearing from our uh, our listeners, and you know, anytime someone sends us an idea, we usually go with it. We have had a couple of people reach out, and we're just like, ah, we don't really know how to do that topic, but you know, maybe maybe we'll do them someday. But uh, yeah, please send us some topics. Yeah. So, um, what I want to do now is I want to set the scene like I like to do. Brennan, close your eyes. It's the last day of July. 1992 summers winding down 1992 we are eight and a half years old me and you and i want you to travel back in time and picture it silence of the lambs just won five academy awards ross perot becomes the first viable third party presidential candidate and the radio starts playing oh my god becky look at her butt it is so big she looks like one of those rap guys girlfriends who understands those rap guys? <laughs> they only talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute, okay? I mean, her butt is just so big. I can't believe it's just so round. It's like out there. I mean, gross. Look. She's just so black. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. And when a girl walks in, 
your face, you get sprung. Wanna pull up tough, cause you notice that butt was stuffed. Deep in the jeans she's wearing. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh, baby, I wanna get with ya and take your picture. My whole voice trying to warn me, but that butt you got makes me so horny. Ooh, rump of smooth skin. You say you wanna get in my bins? Well, use me, use me, cause you ain't that average groupie. That was the number one song in the U.S. at the time. That's Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot. Ow! Oh, man. Number one in the world. Number We don't usually... We, we haven't been doing too many number ones in the world. And this... Yeah, this song was... This song was hot. It was hot with a H-A-W-T. Yes. I, I, I remember watching this... This movie was on repeat on MTV. Like... You could not song as, too. Yeah, everywhere. Like, and we lived in Washington, and you lived in nearer Seattle. So, like, I'm sure you heard the song all the time on local Seattle radio. Like, this was it. I mean, yeah. it pretty pretty much was just the radio station was just the song. <laughs> like, I, for a few months, I'm telling you, like, everybody heard this song so much in the Seattle area growing up when this was hot. So, for those of you who don't know, Sir Mix Lot is um, he's from the Seattle area. In fact, he has some of his boys in this video are wearing Seahawks and Mariners gear, which I really did never recognize until recently watching it. Yeah, that's the first thing I know. Like w- when I was watching it today, I was like that. I noticed that immediately. Like, I was like, oh, because like I know that he's from Seattle, but like there was a, yeah, Mariners. There was no Sonics, I don't think. Well, I didn't see any. There may have been. I just missed it. Yeah, it, w- it was a I mean, it's a good video. It's, a, you know, there's yeah, they're standing on mountains of butts. You know, they, they yeah, look like that's butts. the best part is they, they have these like uh, pa- paper mache butts that they've like built into the studio that looks like a mountain. Um, My friend Gabe has these little two hills across from his place in L.A. He actually lives in Riverside mm. and they look like boobs. There are these two little hills like right across from his place. And this is like a little chest. Yeah. Anyway, so can relate is what I'm getting at. You can. Yeah. Uh, um, the, the primary, uh, one thing I noticed watching this is the primary twerking dancers in this video, they don't even really have that big of butts. Yeah. I mean, they have, I mean, not like, yeah, not to the, to the size of like Kim Kardashian, uh, compared to the butts today, the butts on display in this video are kind of tame. Correct. Yes. They're not like out of shape or anything. They just aren't particularly big. Hmm. No, they're not. They're they're nice sized butts, um, you know. But yeah. uh, you know, they're not humongous. But they, yeah, they're you know they're. they're well, well, do you think, yeah. given all of the resources of 2022, if Sir Mix-a-Lot was to remix this, and he could cast new actresses as his butt dancers, I imagine the remix butt dancers would have butts at least twice the size of the original butts. I yeah I'm I'm sure and I'm sure Sir Mixlot was think thinking of bigger much bigger butts, uh, because I'm sure like the studio was just like we have to use models that are don't have humongous butts I think um, they were probably trying to that seems that seems counterintuitive to me given the message of the song. <laughs> well I I don't know I I don't know how much uh, say he got in making the video but maybe he had a lot maybe he just wanted to use really attractive women and. Not women with humongous butts. I don't know. I I really this this kind of makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> the other thing we should point out is is the advancement in modern medicine and and health and fitness that has allowed women to really focus in on certain areas of their body that they want to 
expand at times. Yeah. That's true. Like women today target butt muscles and butt growth more um, aggressively than women in 1992, I would say. Yeah, I would say so too. And I would say this song probably had a lot to do with that. <laughs> like, I feel like that's interesting. The butts just kept on getting bigger since uh, 1992. It's been 30 years since 1992, and yeah, the butts. Imagine what bu- what butts will be the size of in 2052. <laughs> uh, but yeah, girls like literally. If like, these focus trends on continue, this. Brennan. <laughs> uh, it all started in 1992 with uh, Sir Mixlot, with a man who loved butts. <laughs> Um, I will say like as an eight year old watching this song, like I didn't know what to think about, like as like, I wasn't like attracted to women yet. Maybe I was getting to that, that point, but like it, I think it did make me somewhat uncomfortable, much like it still makes me somewhat uncomfortable. (laughs) I I was uncomfortable, but I was always a little confused. The idea of like a big fat butt didn't seem sexy to me when i was eight now he obviously wasn't talking about big fat slovenly butts he was talking about a different kind of big butt right which i have grown to respect but at eight years old i didn't really know what he was talking about in fact i didn't even really know that the word back was sort of like another word for butt when he was saying baby got back it wasn't Mm. registering in my eight-year-old brain that he was saying baby has a nice butt oh yeah i mean i did you I mean, I, I, I want to say I yes that I knew that, but like obviously, probably not as an eight year old. Like I don't remember, yeah. you know. Like now that I, it's like one of those things. Like you, you think you know because you've known it for so long. Um, but yeah. I would never refer to a woman saying like, "Ooh, baby, got back." I would never say that. I don't think I've ever. Yeah, I don't think I've ever done that myself either. <laughs> so na- nowadays everybody loves butts. So was Sir Mixalot just like way ahead of his time? Was he just like a trailblazer? Um, I think that's black culture. I think black men love women with big butts. And I mean, I I like women with big butts. <laughs> we know you're. We know how. Well, I know how you feel about butts. Um, but yeah, you've just shared with the audience. You are a man who appreciates a big butt, I am. Um, and have always been. I might add, <laughs> this, this is not this is not Brennan uh, peacocking for the episode. Brennan <laughs> has always liked big butts. I, yeah, cannot lie. Yeah, good for you. So um, very progressive minded. Brennan has always been. Yes. And uh, long story short, I mean, big butts are in now, and mm. uh, I do think there was like a white guy resistance to big butts mm-hmm. at this time in the 90s and nowadays i don't feel that as much i yeah that's so true like i think there's definitely uh yeah it all started with Mix, like honestly and and, and hip-hop music in general like they really opened the door to like us realizing like oh women with big butts are also beautiful uh but but <laughs> I think that, I think that there is just a misconception among basic minded white men. That's, yeah, that that's very true. Had, yeah. That if you had a big butt, you were also like fat and slovenly. Yes, I think which well, doesn't which, necessarily have to be true. Which they explain in the song. Like he doesn't like. You I mean I would say he doesn't like fat women. He likes women with certain measurements, and their measurements are pretty normal for a skinny girl. But they, she just has a humongous butt. I don't even. Know. Like they say it at some point, he says like 36, 24, 36, if she's five, three, something like that. Yeah. That's chest, waist, butt, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not very 
like I hear it, but I don't really. I don't understand. I don't have a good frame of reference to envision it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I. So I'll take his word for it. It basically means like normal sized boobs, small waist, big butt. That's what it means. It's it's basically Kim Kardashian. Like Kim Kardashian is like the perfect model for what Sir Mix-a-Lot wants. Well. I remember this this song being on like every now that's what I call music volume six through ninety two. Mm-hmm. Like you remember those commercials that yeah. come on? This this was definitely like this was soundtrack of night of the summer of nineteen ninety two. Absolutely, I think is the yeah. best way to put it. Yeah, it was. It it was it was a, it was a hot one. Um, yeah, and speaking of hot ones and ladies with nice backs, what are we talking about today, Brandon? We're talking about Christy Swanson in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, I don't really know what to feel about what like doing this movie. I've I watched it as a kid, but I don't remember it that well. And then I watched it, and I was like, I don't remember this movie at all. I don't even know if it was a thing. Now that I'm watching it now, you're watching it again. It's like it's on the TV behind Brennan's head as we're podcasting. Mm-hmm. Did you just like play it again? Yeah, I rented it, so I need to play it as many times as I can uh, before it <laughs> ends. My my yeah. my forty eight hour period ends. Did I? I wonder where I watched. It. I don't feel like I rented it. I feel like I got it from some app or something. It might have anyway. been. On, it might have been on Disney at one point, and might, they might have took it off, like for after I Halloween. Didn't watch it on Disney. Um, no, I didn't watch it on Disney. Okay, but it's a Fox movie, so I, I yeah, I don't know. I it's not available for streaming anywhere, like in the regular places. I didn't search too hard to find it, but uh, so I just rented okay. it for like three ninety nine on uh, Apple. All right. Well, well. How old? So you said you saw it when you were a kid. Yes. So tell me that story. How old were you? What do you remember? It's one of those movies that I we rented as a family. Like my dad probably rented it up at Blockbuster or even up at the local gas station, and we watched it in the living room, like as a family or like as with my dad. Like I don't think my brothers were watching it, and I'm probably, my mom. It was probably just me and my dad watching this movie, and I just remember it because of. Of Luke Perry because I was really into 90210 when I was at age. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, we've gone over this before. If you've been listening for a long time, like I loved uh, 90210, and 1992 was like the, you know, not the peak of 90210, but it was. I mean, it was like in the first couple years, seasons. Of yeah, it had been around for a year or so, and it was everybody's thing at that point. I, actually, I believe in 1992, I went as Brandon Walsh for Halloween. And because Brandon Walsh was my favorite character in 90210, Luke Perry was a very, very close second. Uh, so, so you decided to pay homage to Luke to Dylan Murphy or whatever his name is in 90210 by watching Buffy. Yes, um, and I forget what his last. I kept. I want to say Dylan Moore, but that's a Mariner, <laughs> um, right? But he's, my, he's the most handsome Mariner. He yeah. is the most handsome Mariner. Something about is that Dylan's, what you think too? Yeah, he's definitely. I know he's good look. He's a good looking guy. Yeah. So the reason I went as Brandon Walsh for Halloween that year is because my mom, for whatever reason, decided to make all my Halloween costumes. Okay, and my my Halloween costume that year was Spider Man. She made it out of this weird like stretchy material, and the crotch broke out at school, and like I had to like. Change like I had to change out of it, and I couldn't go trick or treating in it, so I had to like switch really quick to a different outfit. And I had like a jean jacket, I had like '90s clothes, I had you know slick back hair, and I had these like glasses that Brandon wore 
like not that he wore, but like they were like the same shape of the glasses that he wore, like in the in the montage at the beginning the of the show. Credits. And so I, I that's that's what I went as, and nobody got it. No one understood what I was. I just looked like some nerdy kid. So check, <laughs> uh, Brandon, you were Brandon. That's cute. But back to Buffy. Uh, tell me about Buffy. I mean, that's it. I don't really know much more about the movie. It was so what you remember about Buffy is what you dressed up as and Halloween for. Brandon I just remember Luke Perry being in it, and I remember having somewhat of a a crush on like I thought Christy Swanson was was cute. Like she was. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's a very she was very attractive in the early '90s, but I don't remember much other than that. Like I, this wasn't a movie I watched all the time. It's not not a movie that I ever really went back to and watched. And I definitely never saw it in the theater or anything like that. But you had an older sister. So did you see this movie in the theater maybe, perhaps? Yeah. Well, I don't think I saw it in the theater, but my sister owned it and I saw it 10 times. Mm. Like, I'm t- my sister, this was right in my sister's wheelhouse. It yeah. was vampires and it was a girl in high school at a time that she was like 15. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So my sister and I would watch like almost every horror movie and vampires were always my sister's favorite before Twilight came out and ruined them. Right. Um, but vampires were our, were her favorite enemy growing up. So she was obsessed with vampire movies, starting with the lost boys. And it kind of went from there. Mm-hmm. So we watched this movie a bunch. We had it in our house. Definitely remember watching it. I always thought it was fun, funny. I remember Luke Perry in it. I remember, um, David Arquette being yeah. in it as like kind of the weird, creepy friend and Donald Sutherland and especially Christy Swanson. So I was, you know, your age, I was. I was learning about the birds and the bees and the flowers <laughs> and the trees and all that shit. And Christy Swanson is gorgeous. And she played, she played like the main love interest for the quarterback in the movie, the program, mm. which was a football movie that I watched a lot when I was like that age. So I was like pretty familiar with her, mm-hmm. but she was, um she was a secondary character in that movie. She, I mean, she wasn't like this where she's like the principal character. Right. She was also in this movie called flowers in the attic. Have you ever seen that movie? Um, I don't know why, but I've watched this movie a dozen times when I was a kid. We had it like recorded on a VHS and I watched Flowers in the Attic a lot. I I don't know why I would yeah. watch that movie a lot. It was a creepy movie. It's weird. But yeah, I I definitely had watched that movie before. Yeah, me too. I had seen it half a dozen times growing up. Flowers in the Attic is this weird movie about this mean grandma that locks all her grandkids up in this weird room and then Mm -hmm. like slowly poisons them with like sugar cookies. And Christy Swanson is like the oldest sister in it. And she's like, um, it's weird. She's sort of sexualized with the older brother who's in it, though nothing nothing ever happens. It's just, it's like this weird little undertone in the movie that like the two of them are like, like, like kind of like not into each other. I don't even know. What you're it's what well, you should I mean. The, I know the book is even worse. So like, oh, really? I don't think the movie goes into it as much. But yeah, the oh, that movie's creepy. Um, and actually, I didn't. Even, All right. When I was going through her, uh, when I was going through the notes and going through IMDb, I didn't even really put those. You know, we're, we're getting a little sidetracked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens when you stall. Oh, yeah. And when this you is... don't really want to do what we both know you have to do. Is because it's what all of our listeners are waiting for you. So play the drop, Brennan. Brennan's bad synopsis. Ow. Oh man, this is gonna be a. I don't know. I feel like I can't really hype these up anymore because I sometimes know them a little bit too well because I've watched them. Not this one. You don't know this one, and I'm ready to torpedo <laughs> you. So, um, well, the movie opens up with like being like starting in the like dark ages, and it's 
Donald, it's like Donald Sutherland and Christy Swanson, but in the dark ages and like, and him teaching Christy, this Christy Swanson character to, I don't know, like I, I forgot, I actually not, I don't know what happens at the very beginning. Like she, they just, they're setting up the scene of her being the vampire slayer, correct? She's there with the bad vampire. That's right. With what? Rutger Hauer. Um, Lothos or something. Lothos. Thank you. And Rutger Hauer, yeah. Rutger, yeah. Um, and anyway, so, so setting up, like, this is like a long lineage of vampire slayers. And it says, anytime a slayer dies, like, another slayer must be taught or something like that. And then fast forward to present day, 1990s, and Christy Swanson and or Buffy is cut, like, to her being a cheerleader with all these other, um, other girls. And it, that's how it sets the scene. Like, she's now, she's a, a, a teenage like a senior in in California and she's like a valley girl like she and I was actually surprised by that like there's there's very much like they talk like the girls in uh in 90210 and and but basically the the so not like synopsis is like they're these vampires are still alive um so Lothos is has like these underlings of like other vampires like uh, Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, his name's Amelin, and I don't think they ever really say his name, but like they were searching for the vampire slayer. And Donald Sutherland, who plays this um this watcher, he's like he he's he, it's his job to find the vampire slayers, find the lineage. And he's kind of a creepy old man, and he's like he kind of like is just spying on Christy Swanson this whole time. He's hanging around spying on high school girls. Yeah. <laughs> Behind bushes. And it's very creepy. It's so creepy. Like it is. And and basically the beginning of the movie plays out of like Buffy just living this high school life with her friends, going to the mall, going to movies. Um it's at a movie theater where she runs into Luke Perry, uh, who plays Pike. Uh, Pike, and then his friend Benny, who's played by David Ar- David Arquette. And they're at a movie theater and they're being annoying and obnoxious in the movie theater. And they're like telling the girls to shut up. And they, that's kind of that just they're running at the very beginning. And then, but these vampires are also killing people at the same time. So LA's up kind of like they're, everyone's a little scared because pe- these teenagers or people just keep on dying from vampires. Um, and then basically, Merrick, he wants to, he needs to train Christy Swanson, who is uh, Buffy, who hasn't d- been in her training yet. She is the the birthright or whatever, and she he needs to train her so she can kill Lothos or and save the world from all these vampires. And and then like basically she resists. Yeah, she, res- she resists. She resists. She like doesn't want to do it. But then she doesn't want to be a slayer. She, she wants to be a fucking teenager. Yeah, but she's really good at all these things that. That the vampire slayer is really good at, like tumbling. That's what. He, that's how he describes it in the movie. That's how Mary. He's like, "You're very good at tumbling," and she's like, "Yeah, I've been doing. I did gymnastics since when I was a kid. So what?" And and basically, he's just trying to prove to to Buffy that she is it, and like, and he keeps on trying to put her in situations. Like he takes her to a graveyard where these uh, people who have died, who are going to come back as vampires, like rise from the grave, and then. They get a little. These little these fight scenes in these move in this movie are so bad. badly choreographed. Like bad. they're so bad. And but then she kills the two the two vampires with stakes, 
and and she still doesn't believe it and and then and then there's at the the like middle part of the movie or close to the, like he shows up in the, the girl's like uh girl's locker room and he's like still trying to convince her and like Christy Swanson is really just dis- she's like weirded out like why is this old man following me around why is he showing up in the in the locker room and he throws a knife at her yeah <laughs> just randomly this, he hucks a knife at her face and then she catches it and she and he's like is it like neo in the matrix <laughs> and she and he's like see he, she's like you threw a knife at my face <laughs> uh and and then uh you know David Arquette's character. He he becomes a vampire at one, like gets killed. Luke Perry is uh, Pike is also like is kind of in the middle of all this. And Buffy and Pike kind of befriend each other because they are being chased by these they're vampires. Like the only ones that believe each other. And yeah, they're I guess like... then they don't really explain that that well in the movie that they're the only ones that believe that vampires are actually happening. And then kind of like the the climax of the movie is. Don, Merrick Donald Sutherland gets killed by Lothos because he interferes, which isn't really clear. Yeah, there's also yeah. There's a lot of there's some. I feel like the script was probably cut a ton, and we can probably get into that in the production history later. We will get into that in the production history later. But there's just a lot of things that are just unexplained. So Merrick dies, and the pinnacle of the movie is there's this kind of all these vampires show up at this school dance, which they've been preparing for for the entire. Um, and an entire movie and all the vampires show up there and Buffy now believes in herself as being the vampire slayer. Uh, Lotho shows up and I don't know, like why does Lotho want Buffy so much? Like why does he want to make her a vampire? So the lineage it's his destiny. It's his destiny. It's like, it's like everybody's destiny just keeps playing out again and again and again, and Lothos always wins. Mm. And Merrick's job is to try and break the cycle. At least how that's I how how that's I took it. Yeah, so all these vampires show up, um, and Christy kills a lot of them, um, and then kills Lothos, um, and then you know her and Pike have one last dance, and the movie ends. Yeah, I wish I could. I wish I could pick that apart more. Yeah, it's it's, it's a really like. It's not, I wouldn't say the movie's disjointed. The movie's only an hour and a half long, which is great. Which I was really happy. It is about. great. It's very <laughs> succinct. But there's a lot of things that are go unex, unexplained, and I was watching it very closely this morning with my children, and um, and yeah, just like it was just it's it's a popcorn like movie. It's not scary at all. It has somewhat no. of a story, and but then it just ends with like a really. Happy ending. So wait, so wait. How old are your kids now? My kids are seven, and like they're like seven. Yeah. Okay, so just a little bit younger than we were when we yeah. saw this, mm-hmm. but probably more emotionally mature, given it's twenty twenty two. Right. Yeah. So what did they think? And don't go, don't go into any details. Well, just... I took a I took a checklist of how many times Link said he liked the movie. He's like, oh, I like this movie. He said that he said it four times while watching the movie, and then okay. Ivy said i don't like this movie at all like twice so um <laughs> okay so that's th- that was their take on it they didn't really so link like us when we were seven he recognizes a, a very athletic attractive female protagonist he recognizes kicking and basketball and fighting and vampires and mm-hmm. gets kind of into it sure and 
And I guess that's probably was my take. Like, and I will say, like, both my kids sat and watched the entire movie with me. Sometimes they won't do that in a lot of movies. They won't sit and watch the entire movie. You said it. It's not a long movie. Yeah. So. All right. Um, okay. Decent job. Uh, let's talk about the characters a little bit. Um, first of all, this this movie had a budget of seven million and it only box office sixteen and a half. So it was a success though not the kind of success that gets sequels made the next right. year. Um, Buffy was played by Christy Swanson. We said that. A couple movies she was in, you may have seen, that we didn't mention yet. Was she was um, like Adam Sandler's girlfriend at the beginning of Big Daddy. And she was also in the movie Dude, Where's My Car? Mm -hmm. Which I've only seen once. But um, I know she was one of the pretty girls in it. Yeah, She's sort of like the typical spoiled brat cheerleader from L.A. She only cares about herself her fashion, competing with her friends, looking good, you know, controlling her boyfriend, very, you know, 15, 16 basic materialistic girl stuff, like yeah. um, very shallow stuff. Mm -hmm. And she meets Merrick, who starts telling her about all this big, deep prophecy stuff. And she sort of she sort of has to change her priorities and all of the petty high school stuff. She just sort of outgrows in the course of the movie. And none of it seems very important to her anymore. All of her friends think she's weird and maybe on drugs or maybe she's like sleeping with Merrick because suddenly she doesn't care about a school dance. You know, <laughs> and she like doesn't even have the patience to entertain those thoughts of her friends. She just like rolls her eyes and leaves Yeah, um, because they're being so stupid. But she meets Merrick, and he shows her the vampires, and he connects the dots to her legacy. Um, one interesting part of Buffy is that, like, PMS cramps are like a vampire radar. Yeah. they. She has, She just gets cramps. I, don't, I think they describe it, like, as, I mean, I guess, I don't, I don't know what cramps are like when you have them. I imagine maybe they just feel the same. But, yeah, that's basically how they, anytime a vampire comes around, she gets cramps. It's, it's such a thing that a white guy would write in for a woman like like <laughs> yeah. Joss Whedon wrote. Oh, yeah, she gets PMS cramps near vampires. <laughs> that is such a thing uh, that a white person or a, a man would write. Uh, yeah, it, it we is. We have a good. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. We have a good clip for uh, Buffy that I want to play. It's really funny. My sister used to say this when I was not. All I want to do is graduate from high school, go to Europe, marry Christian Slater, and die. That actually, that she also that scene, that entire scene is actually probably like the one of the better scenes in the entire movie is when she's like they're having this back and forth about about her being a a, a vampire slayer. Do you remember at one point she says she wants to be a buyer? Yeah, she wants to be a buyer. Like, can, well, have you ever like, met women that tell you they want to be buyers? Because when I met my wife, her and her older sister both told me they wanted to be buyers. It didn't work out. <laughs> well, I think he asked, like, what's a buyer? And she's like, I don't really know. But it's supposed to, like something like something a girl would say. Like, I don't really know what it is, but it sounds cool. Oh, it, <laughs> I know what it is. It's somebody that, like, just buys products overseas for, like, a department store oh, and yeah, says, yeah. yeah, we can get them at $4.99, but we can sell them for $6.99. You know, people like that. Mm. Um. The movie uh, Vice Versa with Judd Reinhold, he's sort of a buyer mm. in that movie. I like that movie. I haven't seen that movie. So quick plug to Vice Versa. Um, anyway, Christy Swanson's character is good. She's very pretty. She's she's She does it good. I think Christy Swanson's really good in this movie. Like, she's very believable as, like, this, you know, very materialistic valley girl that has to change and become a vampire slayer. Yeah, become a... A badass bitch. Um, they say they say the word bitch a lot in this movie. I noticed too. Like, mm. and that and bitch that how, wasn't like, really taboo in the nineties. It wasn't, but like I mean, it wasn't. But they like use it in really like weird ways. I didn't like how they 
how they used it. I mean, not that it was like mean. It was just like it was just like it, it kind of seemed out of place. I, I I like to call men bitches. I I don't usually refer to women as bitches, but men, please. yeah, I like that word for men. I don't like, or yeah. men I'm mad at in that moment. Well, that's what I my Ivy noticed it when uh, Luke Perry calls someone. I was like, who did he call a bitch? And he said, oh, that his friend. And I was like, oh, well, good. He's using it for as a derogatory term, term for a man. Uh, but yeah. The next character. Uh, I'll, Brennan, why don't you do this one, you little 90210? <laughs> uh, the next character, Pike, is played by you know Luke Perry. And we already mentioned he's in, he was in 90210. Uh, he's in eight seconds, a bull riding movie. He's in Oz. Um, I didn't even know that. Um, and Yeah, he, he plays like Jesus in Oz, like a guy who sort of represents Jesus in the prison. Oh, okay. Uh, and... And yeah, he's done a, he did a lot of other things. Um, he unfortunately passed away in um, in 2019 at the age of 52, um, I believe from cancer, um, which was really which was really sad. Um, but yeah, it was he was a his character. Uh, he was I, I guess it, he was homeless and he but he like worked at a shop. Um, um, but yeah. W- I want you to t- to tell this part because like there, he's ca- he seems California broke. Is that yeah? Did so, they did they describe him that that way, or is that something that you call people? This is me as a California. This okay. is me as a California now. <laughs> okay, taking notice. There's a pretty big difference between homeless and California broke. Mm. And they Buffy and the rich spoiled Valley girls kind of treat him like he's homeless, but he's really just California broke. Okay. He's just, like, can't afford it means to live he has there. places to stay. They're just not very nice, and he works, mm. and he, you know, so they're just they're just kind of spoiled bratty girls when they're talking to him like he's homeless. But there's a big difference, and there's a lot of California broke. Okay, I like this quote uh, that you have in here that says Seinfeld said, uh, "You never see any handsome homeless." Like I, I can just picture Seinfeld saying that in my like as Seinfeld, but that's kind of true. I guess you don't see many. Yeah, Luke Perry homeless. can't be homeless. He's too handsome in 1992. Uh, at one point, he shaves in the movie, like to go to the dance, um, and he looks a lot more clean cut. And uh, yeah, and yeah, he like cleans himself up, and he puts on a nice shirt, and he like he like dresses up to be quiet, to please. Go to the dance with Buffy so that she has like someone to go with because she's sort of been ostracized by her friends by the end of the movie. Yeah, her, her like boyfriend is like sleeping with like one of her friends at this point. Not that they're still together, but. Yeah. Everyone's sort of given up on Buffy, except for Pike. Right. And, you know, and there's, I mean, I guess we'll get into this to this character in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, and, yeah, he, I think they just put him in here as, like, to have some, well, not, I don't think, he's kind of the love interest, obviously. Um, and the, the eye candy for the women. This is a good movie for both men and, and women. And for you. And for me, yeah. Like, I love Chrissy Swanson. Luke Perry is an attractive man. Um, um, have you seen the movie Eight Seconds? I have watched parts of it. I've never watched the full thing, no. Okay. Is it good? Right, have you seen talk. it? Uh, I, I saw it when I was a kid. I haven't seen it forever. Mm. It's fine. It's, I mean, a bull, it's, it's a bull riding movie, right? Yeah, he's a bull rider, and he's good at it, and he has some wife, and he cheats on her, and he feels bad, and he apologizes, and then when he's getting his life back together, he dies in a bull riding accident. Mm. That's pretty much the movie. Oh, he dies at the end of the movie. Spoiler yeah, alert. Yeah, the guy... I, I believe it's a true story. Oh, I, I don't remember yeah, the last name, but his name is Early, Early something mm. from 
some oh. I assume some bull rider that died probably in the 80s. Gotcha. Or maybe even earlier than that. Um, the next character in Buffy is Merrick, played by Donald Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland's dad from Lost Boys. So if you're Kiefer Sutherland, you were like the cool bad guy in Lost Boys, uh, an actual vampire movie. And then your dad does this sort of goofy valley girl version of a vampire movie. So he probably gives him shit about it every Thanksgiving. Uh, Donald Sutherland had been an outbreak, uh, which is in our podcast library. And I strongly recommend you listen to that one. That's one of our funniest episodes. That is He's also yeah. in the movie back. He was also in the movie Backdraft, which I hate. I think Backdraft is such an awful movie. And it was one of those movies that people thought was good for some reason in the early 90s. It's a really stupid firefighter movie that's really heavy handed. That is, a, is and that, uh, that movie was like directed by like a big name. Like, yeah, I think it's I think it's Ron Howard. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, mm hmm. Um, but I, I hate, I like Ron Howard, but I don't like Backdraft. Yeah. Uh, and Donald Sutherland was in JFK and the Hunger Games franchise, I guess, which I'd, I'd only ever saw the first one, but it's all right. I hear it's popular. I hear it's popular. Yeah. It's coming back. There's, they're making a, a sequel, a pre, not a sequel, they're re a prequel. So there's a prequel oh, book. Okay. Um, glad they're not like reimagining it already with like a different Jennifer Lawrence. No, they're like seven years later. Let's reboot it. Let's reboot like, it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not yet. Yeah, his character. So, Brennan, you 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 said he's a watcher. Was yeah. that a term they use in the movie? They kind of they have like a, uh, they have a little like description at the very beginning of the movie, like the watcher, like finds the next finds the slayer, like. Okay. And I was just like, why can't the watcher just be the fucking slayer? Like, why does he? Why can't they? Like, there's only there's only one person that can kill the head yeah. vampire. Like, I don't get this. That makes zero. There's sense. a lot of. There's a lot of plot-friendly loopholes, also known as plot holes, <laughs> um, in this movie. Specifically, how Merrick interacts. None of it makes a lot of sense to me. Like his, he keeps saying he's not supposed to get involved, but he gets involved pretty regularly. He takes Buffy to cemeteries and is wrestling with them and is throwing stakes at her and is and is getting in the way, getting in the scene. It's not like he's. It's not like a Pokemon battle. Where he's off to the side calling out moves. He's a trainer. <laughs> well, he's yeah, a, yeah, he's, he's like in these fights. Now he's he's not fist fighting exactly, but he's part of it. Yeah. Um, so that it's not really consistent. Yeah, because like he, Luke Perry definitely kills a vampire in this movie. So like what like I don't yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> why couldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um ultimately Lothos, played by Rucker Howard, does kill him when he gets involved at one point. So there's like this there's like this ongoing dialogue between Merrick and Buffy. That's like, I'm waiting for just the right girl. And I've lived this life of a hundred times. And I, I know what my fate is every time to train this girl and then die. Mm. But I can't get involved. I can't step in between her and Lothos. I could ruin everything if I'm wrong. And I don't, I just don't know which girl is the right girl. And then at the end, when Lothos is near the end, when Lothos is trying to kill Buffy, he like intervenes or, it's it's not very dramatic. He just sort of like steps in and dies. And that's really the only serious moment in the whole movie. The rest is very light. It's very Brennan, you said the word popcorn. Yeah. I would say it's almost very like juvenile. Like the the tone of the movie is very like I know it's about high schoolers, but this seems like middle schooler schoolers would like this movie to me. Um the way they it's act just in this not yeah. Yeah. The way they act in this movie that. is very like over like it's just like they really put on like they're from California and like and that Luke Perry and 
David Arquette are like these losers and like they really play that up and it's like very over the top for a lot of these characters. Like even Hilary Swank, who we haven't even mentioned yet, is in this movie and she is so over the top, like like bad, like she's like the bad girl in this movie. She's not like like a bad vampire. She's just like the the bully, like a bully friend. And everyone just plays over the top. And like the very beginning of the movie, this was it was really obnoxious and kind of like annoying, but it kind of goes away at the end of the movie. Like the overacting ends. The only people who are overacting at the end of the movie are all the annoying vampires. So, well, I want to get more into into that, but but first we have a, a line from Merrick to remind you of who he really is. But I wasn't certain until just now that it was you. What are you talking about? Saying that I've been searching everywhere for you, Buffy. Why? To bring you your birthright. My birthright? Is that like a trust fund or something? I think it'll be easier for you to understand this birthright if I show it to you. All right? (laughs) So you come with me now to the graveyard. That no, sounds like no. the beginning of the worst porn movie you've ever seen. <laughs> Come with me, Buffy. Come with me. To the <laughs> and graveyard. I will show you your birthright. <laughs> yeah, it's very erotic. Uh, it's very erotic. It's very, um, and I think they're doing it on purpose, but it was like very like, it was like, I feel like this movie was trying to be campy, but it just couldn't be camp. It is like, wasn't campy enough. Like, uh, there, there are some directing issues with this movie. <laughs> um, and I, I want to, we can get into that now, but th- we'll talk about the director later. I think that's a better time. Yeah. You mentioned the fight scenes, which I think is a, a real problem, but let's get into that a little later. Yeah, there's one sure. more character I want to focus in on. Well, there's a couple more actually, but the one I want to talk about now is Lothos played by Rutger Hauer. Mm. Um, Rutger Hauer, Germans love Rutger. Are you big in Europe? Big eighties star. A lot of like moms love Rutger Hauer. Mm-hmm. He was in Blade Runner. He's in the movie, the hitcher. He was in the movie Surviving the Game. Love Surviving um, the Game. Actually, yeah, he was in Sin City as like the evil cardinal, I think. Um, and the movie Hobo with a Shotgun. He was in this awesome movie called Blind Fury. Have you ever seen Blind Fury? No, I haven't. It's really, it's like a bad 80s action movie about like a blind Vietnam vet with a sword who has to like take down like an evil casino run by cruel hillbillies or something oh wow <laughs> i like that that sounds, that sounds actually like a lot of fun it's very fun now it's not good at all but it's very very fun mm. um anyway rucker howard pretty big stud uh in the 80s and amongst a certain demographic i i we should i should correct you though he is uh he is not from germany he is dutch i did i say he's from germany i think i said he's big in germany oh he's oh he's big in germany oh, okay i didn't realize he was just big in germany that i didn't know yeah. that Okay, that makes sense. And we we've got a we've got another drop here from Buffy and him. This is your defense, please. Your puny faith. No. My keen fashion sense. I did not really get that line. Like, she takes out a cross, and like it, the cross st- sets on fire in front of the vampire. That I think that's what happened. The crosses, and then she like takes a oh she takes her uh, hairspray and like sprays it in his face and like runs away yeah i didn't hear the scream or the blowtorch in that clip it wasn't and so, it ended it ended before that happened oh well um um yeah i'm not i guess 
it's a bit of a stretch to say your hairspray is related to your fashion sense. It was a dumb line. I mean, there was a lot of lines yeah. like that. But like, very, I don't like. But Lothos just kind of shows up. Everyone like he's not he's, scary. He's not scary at all. Like there's nothing. I, scary I can't tell about what him. he's doing. Like what is he doing? <laughs> he's just randomly hanging out with Pee Wee Herman every now and then. Going ah, oh, let's let's do this, let's do that, and Pee Wee like yes, master. It's very. It feels like bad writing. Yeah, it, yeah, that's weird too. Coming from well, not weird, but like I feel like maybe this is like early Josh Whedon, and like and I there's well, like it's obviously early Josh Whedon. Obviously, it's early Josh Whedon, but like maybe there's a lot of things that happen in po- like I'm not blaming him. It's I know just, it's I, just a bad. It's just a bad. There's just bad lines in it. So it's not like anybody thinks Josh Whedon is a bad writer that knows writing, but right. that, there were scenes in the movie that just didn't work. Yeah. Um, and he's hardly the first writer to write a bad scene or let a director ruin a good scene, which mm-hmm. is also probably at least a big portion of the problem here. Um, Brennan, I know you're a big Pee Wee Herman guy. I, I, why? Why am I a big Pee Wee Herman guy? Because you love you love going to the theaters that he likes going to. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah. So Paul Rubens is in this. He plays the like kind of. Uh, the dumb vampire he's he play it's kind of a comedic part which is you know a good role for paul rubens at the time i probably didn't know it was paul rubens and at the time like paul rubens was still really he was still Wee herman so this was like a really it always weird it's always weird when paul rubens shows up in movies when he's not Wee herman like it's just he just takes it he just you just lose so much in a character because he's you i only know him as Wee. In July of 1991, he was he was arrested for lewd behavior in an adult theater, and I guess that means he was probably caught masturbating, right? <laughs> he was caught doing what you're not supposed to do. Now, this is this is a funny little anecdote. When he was caught, he offered to give free children's theater at the sheriff's office to quote take care of things, and I was thinking like, what sheriff would subject their kids to that after arresting this man for like? jacking off in the theater like you arrest this guy for jacking off in the theater and then it's like hey could i give a puppet theater show to your kids he's like okay <laughs> yeah that's a weird I'll bring my seven-year-old twins in for you to like entertain now he, he instead w- of booking you he was uh you know peewee herman so maybe he was just thinking oh like make it up i don't know it's weird to think like back in the 90s this happened and it was in the it happened he got caught he did his sentence or whatever happened to him and then he just kept on working like i think there was a little bit of stigma around him still but he you know he didn't get canceled like people do now like he he kept on working there's no internet that's true but like i mean i knew about that happening like that wasn't that was a headline that i knew about like Wee herman arrested for that like you know what it is it's a good advertisement for why the world needs Pornhub. exactly yes at one point in this movie Wee herman loses his arm and I was, as I'm watching him, I was wondering if it was his whacking arm. And this was sort of like the director's weird 18th century punishment homage in the film. I'm wondering when this movie was filmed and like if if that had even happened yet. But I imagine movies were filmed in a, and released in a lot shorter time than they are now. So I guess it it might have not have happened yet. Um, well, it was released like one year after the incident. So there was, I mean, there was at least a year that went by from the arrest to the release of the film. It's hard to believe that the whole film was shot and wrapped before this happened. I wonder if it happened during the filming. 
since it happened Maybe, in yeah. since it probably happened in Hollywood. Um, interesting. Uh, but yeah, then that's his one character. He's he's just kind of an idiot, and he kind of just shows up bothering Buffy. But he, the he has some time. he has some good lines along the way, though. He does, and and, and here's one of them. Admit it, Buffy. Aren't there times when you just feel less than fresh? You're pathetic. Not even fit to die for him. That's such a dumb line. This whole movie is filled it's, with stupid lines. Well, I mean, she is like a PMSing vampire slayer. Is that what he means? Yeah. Oh, I, I, what do you what do you think he's talking about? I don't know. I just, that goes over that that those type of jokes go over my head. I just like okay. PMS well, there used jokes. to be a, there used to be like feminine hygiene product commercials that they always would use the word fresh. And it's like, do you want to feel more fresh? Gotcha. I yeah. Now I get it, but like that's that's lost now in today's terms. I feel like. Um, so the rest of the characters in this movie, we said David Arquette plays Benny, Hillary Swank, Brennan mentioned as the stuck-up friend, Stephen Root as the principal, and there was also some cameos from Tom Jane and Ben Affleck in early roles. I mean, they were Stephen they, Root has they weren't cameos; they were just like playing bit parts, and they were not big actors yet. They, they're yeah, cameos they're now, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, you're right; they were just early roles. Steven Root has a funny scene where he's telling Buffy about an acid trip that he had at a Doobie's Brothers concert. And while he's telling it, she like kills a fly by blow darting a thumbtack out of her mouth. It's actually pretty cool. It is cool. It'd be cool to be able to do that. For those who don't know who Steven Root is, he plays, who's his big character? Like he was in Office Space, but like he plays the the stapler yeah, guy in Office Space. The stapler guy in Office Space. He's also Bill Dotrieve in King of the Hill. Mm. He's in like every Coen Brothers movie ever. Yeah, he's one of these guys that once you once you recognize who he is, you'll realize that he's in like everything you've ever seen. He's he's that guy. But, yeah, but he's very diverse, and he'll change his characters up a lot, and he'll change his voice up a lot to fit in different roles. And um, you'll be like, oh, Stephen Root doing something funny again. Yeah, and that was how I felt about this movie. It's like, oh, it's Stephen Root, and he's being funny again. It, was Stephen Root um, a stand-up comedian? Like or a comedian. Oh, I don't know. I wonder because he just like he has a lot of these parts in the '90s where he just plays funny people, funny parts, and I always feel like that's just stand-ups usually get those roles. Uh, there's a couple other really like unaccredited cameos, and one of them that really stuck out to me at the very end of the movie was at the dance. There is a DJ. There's a DJ at the dance, and I was like, "Is that Slash?" And it is. Slash is in this movie as a DJ playing like music at the dance. Like, and it's not like he's playing like Guns N' Roses stuff. He's playing like this pop music. And it was just like, but he has his like Slash hat on, but it's it's him. And it was like so weird to see Slash in that role. That's really weird because at one point when the vampires take over, the DJ like dies or something. Yeah. And this weird vampire guy with really long tongue. Like shows up and starts DJing. You'd think, you'd think if you're gonna give Slash a mini part, it would have been that guy. He would have been the vampire that takes over and starts like cutting rhymes during the vampire attack. Like you think you'd let Slash be a vampire? You know, yeah, no kidding. You know what's crazy about that is the the, the vampire DJ is Alexis Arquette, who oh I, it is. So I, I th I'm not sure what Alexis's Arquette was before she transitioned to being a woman, but like Alexis Arquette was a man in this movie. 
So yeah, Alexis, Ar my favorite Alexis Arquette role is Bride of Chucky. Mm. That really like creepy boyfriend that um, Alexis plays before Chucky kills him. Oh, He's like this weird goth poser guy. It's funny. And then Seth Green and Ricky Lake both have like very small like cameo parts in it too, which were, and which stood out when I was watching it today. Ricky Lake's in it. Yeah, she plays a server at the coffee bar where like uh, David Arquette like slaps all this change on the on her little t serving uh serving oh, thing. Right, right and he she's like he's like what can this get me he's like two coffees or a hot dog <laughs> with nothing on it right. uh, no, you can't have mustard because Seth green played like a a very small like vampire role in the at the at the high school so so what are some of your favorite scenes in the movie well i think we mentioned the locker room scene where he, he, like merrick convinces buffy to go to the graveyard i think there's like a there was a really good back and forth there that was kind of funny. But as I was watching the movie today, I was like, what What are some of my favorite scenes in this movie so far? And this movie has not many good moments, I will say. Like, the good moments should be the fighting scenes when they're, like, fighting, like, when Buffy's fighting the vampires. But all of those are awful. Bad. Like, so bad, which we've already talked about. Uh, and we'll probably talk about a little more when we get the dumb shit. But... Other than that, like the the best scenes are there. Are just not many of them. Like, do you have any? Do you have any scenes that like really stick out to you? No, I, I mean, I put down. I like when Ruler shows up to the high school basketball game as a vampire, and Buffy has to like break the cheerleading squad line and go out and like trip him. And he's sort of like playing basketball, and the other team doesn't know how to take him, and he's like floating, and the ref is calling technicals and shit. <laughs> that that's re that's really funny. I actually was taking I took some notes today when I was like watching it, and I was like, there was this in that scene, and I should have cut this clip, but uh, the this character Grueler, he's like the big buff, he's kind of the big jock in the movie, and he becomes a vampire, and he comes and plays basketball, and like Ben Affleck just gives up the ball to him at the very. Uh, in in the scene but this guy who's a friend is this on the he's i think he's a basketball player too he's just on the side he says gruelers pretty much abandoned the concept of zones and it for whatever reason i, I like <laughs> it was a pretty funny reference and uh yeah but yeah there's this there's a little there's not really scenes there's moments i would say like, that are that are funny um little like one-liners that we've kind of talked about but other yeah. than that, this there's not anything very memorable about this movie. I think I think you're actually right. Um, I also wrote down. I like. I mean, the very end when the vampires attack the school dance. Even that wasn't that great. Like it. Yeah. You're right. So let's get into the production history. Um, it was directed by Fran Rubel Kazooie. I'm not sure how to say your last name, Fran. I'm sorry, Banjo Kazooie. Fran Rubel Banjo Kazooie. This is his only real directing credit worth mentioning, and I don't think that's an accident. Um, in so I've I've obviously written and directed stuff, mm. and I would say when you watch a director try and direct action mm. fight scenes in particular, but just any action, you can you can really tell sometimes in movies when directors have like they just like don't know what they're doing. Mm. They like the fight scenes don't look like people are fighting it doesn't look like people's energy is flowing through their bodies normally because they were shot in a way that was was favorable to the actors mm. not necessarily in benefit of the scene so you have actors and they're not great 
athletically or they're not great fighters. And so you, you, you block out very simple little movements and things to do. And then you film them from, from basic angles where you like hide the stab or you hide the punch or something. And it's very, very rudimentary. It's very much like, like the fight scenes of this movie. Like this is like college level directing. Really? Okay. Like it's, it's, it's really, really bad. And for a movie with $7 million budget, it's like, dude, go hire a fucking fight choreographer or a first unit director that has experience doing action movies. Cause these are just, these just don't work. They look so silly. Mm. They don't look real at all. And you, when you talk, when you talk about a movie about vampires, if you aren't afraid that the vampires can harm you, there's no threat. Yeah. That's it. There's no threat. And these, these vampires are powder puffs. Like they're just, they're not, they're not intimidating in the least. The fight, yeah, I just like I couldn't get over how bad the fighting was. I just like I, you're right. They just could have done so much more with this, and it's not like this, like was a time like there was bad bad fight scenes in all movies back in the '90s. It was just this movie. Like I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's other movies that have bad fight scenes as well, but like you can make a movie with good fight scenes back in the '90s, and I don't know with, why with they didn't spend time on it with this budget there was no excuse right like i just i just don't get it like this is the kind of shit you see in an indie like with with a director who's never done action it's like i'm not being i'm not trying to be cruel to kazooie here but you you weren't great at action and you in the studio did not recognize that weakness and fix it mm. you just lived with with what you had which is you know it's it really affects the quality of the movie when you go back and watch it you're like wow this just looks really bad like just fake. It mm. just looks really fake. It takes it takes the viewer completely out of the moment. Yeah. Any other directing criticism? Well, there's some. I mean, I don't really have any directing criticism. I don't know what her, like. So Fran is actually a woman. Um, I did not know that. I just found that by searching uh her on uh the internet, but she must have owned rights to this movie or like because she's an EP on on the, the TV series as well. So like she was a part, like a big part of making this happen, but she doesn't have like story credits or anything like that. And so I don't, so she owns part of this like property. Yeah. It seems like the only much work she'd done after this was pr pr producing some Buffy and angel shows yeah. on TV. Um, and we didn't get into the TV show version of Buffy today. Um, mostly because I'm not an expert on it. My sister is, she would be the one to get, but I'm just not, I didn't watch it. I was, I was outgrowing Buffy at that point in my life. I was getting into high school. It just wasn't, it wasn't my thing. So if you guys really love the TV show and you're hoping for that, I apologize. It's just, I'm just no expert on it. I've only ever seen a couple of episodes. I never um, watched the, the TV show at all, but it went on for like, it was on from 97 to 2003 and it even had when I go back and I when I go back and I try and watch a little bit of it, I, I find it very, very juvenile, very there's just a bunch of silly high school girl drama, yeah. you know, like I'm in between stuff going on with monsters. What I will say about the TV series versus uh, the the movie is they've said that the TV series is more in line with the original script of Buffy and that is actually a continuation on the the original script that Josh Whedon had wrote and some of the behind the scenes stuff is that like the original script by Josh Whedon was like heavily rewritten to make this movie more lighter which we've kind of mentioned already and the original script 
like Bur- Buffy burns down the school gym in which the dance is being held. Um, oh, in, cool! In in an effort to destroy the vampires, which would have been a lot cooler. And it says here, like in in the ninety seven version, this fact is referred to several times as a series is seen as a spinoff of the original of uh, unproduced screenplay. And uh, and Josh Whedon like was so frustrated by how much like his vision was being mishandled during the filming that he like yeah and how much was being rewritten that he left during production and like said peace out <laughs> dude i've 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 kind of i mean i've never done it for a big studio like this but i like had a play that i wrote that was gonna get produced once and like the director wanted to change everything and eventually i just like said no do something else like i just mm. i really feel for these writers like you you create these whole worlds then you give it over to a studio or you sell it really. And they give it to somebody like Fran Kazooie who like doesn't do action and you know, it just doesn't work. And you, you're seeing this thing that you want the world to experience. Like you've got this vision behind your eyes and you know, it's cool and you want the world to see what you see, but you've got to put it in somebody else's hands to get there. And it's, I mean, so often it's just not a very good marriage. And I think that's what happened here. Joss Whedon, very accomplished writer and director and producer and all that. Some of his more famous scripts that I wanted to point out was he wrote the original Toy Story, which mm. I didn't know. I didn't know that either. Which is a that's a great script. I mean, it really is. Um, he wrote Alien Resurrection, mm. the script for that, which I also really like. Um, yeah. he wrote he wrote the show Firefly, which I know is very popular, and the movie Cabin in the Woods, which is like you know one of the better horror movies ever made, and also clever and sardonic and like the guy's really talented um he's been catching a lot of heat lately on twitter and shit for quote for creating quote toxic workplace environments on Mm. buffy and it's a lot of he said she said stuff so i don't really want to get into it i don't really know what to make of it all i know is that high level production is stressful it's it's hard so i i was going to mention um what ifs one of the big what ifs was that uh Alyssa Milano was attached to be Buffy and not Christy Swanson and I often wonder like would this movie be better with Alyssa Milano like I definitely I like Alyssa Milano like, more Alyssa Milano is pretty but she's not a good actress is she not okay I mean no. at the time Christy she was Swanson's a better actress so I want to move on let's get into the into this dumb shit where do you start Adam with dumb shit <laughs> Why doesn't Lothos just kill Buffy ever? Like he's he's just hanging around her at times, waxing poetic about God knows what. He has so many chances to kill her. Like, does he even really want to kill her? I, d- I don't understand what he wants. Like it, he just hangs around her talking about killing her, maybe not killing her. Maybe somebody will save her. But it's like she's right there. She's not even really taking defensive position. Just go bite her in the neck and it's over. Like, what are we waiting for? <laughs> right. The tension in the scenes isn't built very well. And again, that that can probably be pointed to the director. Some of the dumb one of the dumbest things I about this movie is like how all these characters like so I think Lothos is immortal, so he's obviously a vampire, and then but the Merrick and Buffy keep on being reincarnated as themselves and then keep on dying. But they kept on doing these flashbacks to like the dark ages where like Buffy and Merrick are there and like I, it doesn't really there i guess what they're trying to do is do some storytelling and, and like kind of tell all they did was show christy swanson like a big bust right it was just like it didn't make much sense and like i thought those were like probably the dumbest 
scenes is it's like why are you adding why are you cutting to this dark age time like i don't even understand like doesn't they only do it like th- twice in the movie they should have kept on doing it and calling back to stuff if they wanted to have it make any sense but i didn't know that joss whedon left the production but i think that's a pretty big clue as to what was happening right you know they were they were just chopping up the script and making shit up as they went and the director was taking liberties that didn't fit with his theme and he just got frustrated this this kind of thing happens um, so I just, it just seems very jumbled. You know, you need a real, you need a real precise vision of what you want to be in film. And I don't, I don't feel like this movie had that right. at all. Uh, the act, we talked about how bad the action scenes are, how bad the choreography is. Um, I mentioned it reminds me of indie film. I don't know another way to put it. Like it just, it just doesn't seem like professional Hollywood budget fighting. It just looks stupid. Yeah, like it looks like community theater at times. It really does. Like I can't stress it enough. Like if you go back and watch this movie, you'll you'll know exactly what we're talking about. It is awful, 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 awful fight scenes. The last thing I wanted to say is the ending of the movie sort of depowers Buffy and the whole girl power message. Like at the end, she just wants to be reduced to some girl on Luke Perry's arm and ride away on with him on his motorcycle. She wants him to lead her in the dance. I felt like like the whole movie Buffy's just like this ass kicking. I'm going to be whatever kind of woman I want to be and I'm going to do whatever I need to get shit done. And by the end, what she really wanted was to be like somebody's girlfriend. Yeah, I, I hate when they do that. I was actually like, is Luke Perry going to end up killing this vampire Lothos and like saves the day? I was be like, if that happens, like that's that's this typical like Hollywood, like the man saves the day, <laughs> but I'm happy that she at least killed Lothos. Yeah, but then emotionally, it was like he did it. Emotionally, she becomes childlike and just wants to be taken care of by him afterward. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't paint her in the best light to me. Rewatching it as a 38 year old man, I was like, ah, that's kind of weak. Mm-hmm. Like Buffy's a badass. She doesn't. She doesn't. It's cool if she wants to be in a relationship with Luke Perry, but she's she doesn't belong on his arm. Yeah, they belong side by side. She should have rode off on her Harley that she stole. Yeah, he could have been riding bitch. <laughs> right. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> like she just hopped on that on that motorcycle in the movie and then just rode around. That's some dumb shit. She like this valley girl. So in the movie, there's a scene where she's I don't know if she's chasing down someone. Yeah, I think she's chasing down um, a vampire and she some biker bar like the biker says her, hey, do you want to feel some power under your legs? And and she just like gets on this bike and just takes off on it. I'm just like, what? What teenager knows how to just like hop on a bike and just like take off? Like, it, she also like roundhouse kicks that guy or something. Doesn't that guy get attacked or fall off his bike or something? Yeah. Another thing is like she does all this t- like she does like handsprings a lot. Like she hands and she hand sometimes she just handsprings to the other side of the room to grab something like you could just run like you for no reason <laughs> you, don't, you, <laughs> you don't have to handspring to the other side of the room <laughs> you just go you're not gonna get there faster by handspring <laughs> well you said it earlier and i want to compliment this movie's only 86 minutes mm. which i think for this movie is just right i think 90 minutes is it's about the cap maybe 95 on a movie like this so mm-hmm. i think that's fine it's only 36 percent on rotten tomatoes so about one out of three that also feels about right if God. not even just a tad high i was gonna say it sounds a little high this movie deserves to be like 18 percent i feel like it's i wouldn't go that low but i i think in the high 20s that's maybe fair. 
I don't hate this movie or anything, but rewatching it, I was like, yeah, it's not very good. So I, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to scoop you on something. Adam, do you know that this movie is being made for a third time or the, uh, for a third iteration? It's going to be another TV <sighs> series. <laughs> uh, no, no. Tell me about it. That's it. That's all I know. It's like the end of all of our episodes are like this now. Like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It, it says TV series 2023. 20, so it's, it's. Is it Joss Whedon? Uh, I mean, I'm sure he's attached. That's how I found it. Is that he's attached on it? But it was he say, writing? Um, I'm not sure. Does not. It has okay. no no good. There's no. There's no information. There's no cast. There's no. It's all okay. Yeah. So it's not like Sarah Michelle Gellar. It's no. somebody new. I mean, it could be. I don't know, but I imagine it might be like a darker take. You know how they've been doing like all these old '90s shows, and then this making them super dark, like what they did with. Um, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. They oh, I mean that's not that dark, but yeah, I know what you mean. Well, I mean it's darker than Sabrina. <laughs> like it's not like yeah, a, it's not like a multi-camera TV show. So yeah, well, if you guys want to get dark and dirty, um, you can email us at super nineties brothers at gmail dot com and talk about nineties topics. You can also add us on Twitter at super nineties brothers at spocast pods with a K. Adam dot com. Brennan, do you have anything else to say? No, I, I, I don't. I um, I was going to say, the only way you can watch this movie, the way I found it, was through watching it on Apple and renting it. So wait for it to come on streaming if you really want to watch it. Don't spend your money. All right. Uh, for Brennan Pointer, I am Adam J. Pitzler. This has been another blood-sucking episode of Super 90s Bros, Buffy the Vampire Slayer style. And remember, if some creepy old man is spying on you in the girls' locker room, definitely go with him to the graveyard. Peace. Ooh. Ah! Ow!